Hey guys, welcome back. Today we're talking about the 10 biggest mistakes that we see new investors make and some seasoned investors yes. when it comes to real estate investing when they're negotiating a real estate deal. Hey there, we're here to put you on the path to a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio. I'm Pollock. And this is Needy. Thanks for joining us. Great to have you here. This is really important because no one told us any of this when we first got started. You could be an employee all your life. You may have succeeded in your career, but when it comes to real estate investing, you are an investor, you're a business owner, you're working with other business owners, and you're investing your own money. So that there's a lot of new things that you're learning. And so these are the 10 mistakes that we see investors make. We're going to talk about them now. And this is not just are mistakes that we have made, right? So we built a $10 million portfolio and we put in tons of offers and won tons of offers and lost tons of offers, yes. right? And also from our community where we're analyzing so many deals every week and seeing what mistakes other investors make as well. Yes. So this is like a good compilation of mistakes <laughs> that you've seen, not just yes. from us, but from everybody that you've uh, been around doing deals. So as you're listening to this, if you relate to some of these mistakes, let us know in comments. We would love to know if you've made some of these mistakes or you were about to make one of these mistakes and then you found this video and or this episode and it allowed you to get out of it. Just stop you from making that mistake. All right. So the first one is letting your ego get in the way. And I'm going to uh, tell you guys a story. So the other day we were talking about a deal that one of our, our members in our community was working on and she was going through the negotiating process and she was working with very difficult seller and a very difficult agent as well on the seller side. They were rude. So she was completely justified in being frustrated. That was a very frustrating experience for her, but it was a good deal, right? So at one point, Sophia said, it's not even about the money anymore. I'm, I'm just going to make sure they understand what I'm all about. And everybody, and this is like having a community is so important, right? Every, we love Sophia. Everybody was like, wait, 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 Sophia. It is about the money. Let's get back to what we are doing here. You're really letting your ego get in the way. The point is not to get a point across to the seller, to the seller's agent to all of that. The point here is for you to either decide whether this deal is right for you and continue negotiating further, knowing the kind of people you're dealing with or walk away. That's what it's all about, right? So whenever you start thinking like, oh, it's not even about the money anymore. I'm going to show them what I'm made of. Take a step back. It's not good for your mental health. That's not a good way to run a business. Don't let your ego get in the way. Ego costs opportunities yes and this actually goes really well hand in hand with the next step yeah which is or the next mistake that that investors make right which is not knowing their numbers well enough or not doing the deal analysis properly so when you are doing your numbers you need to know at what point you're going to walk away from the deal if the numbers don't work because a lot of times people are like, yeah, I could still make the numbers work or maybe I could do this or maybe I could pay a little bit more. But and that's OK, as yeah. long as you figure out what your ceiling is, what's the max allowable offer that you're going to put in for the numbers to make sense for you for that deal. 
right? So doing the numbers properly. So when you're estimating your rents, when you're estimating your ARVs, especially if you're doing BUR, you need to know all these things. Yeah. So doing your deal analysis correctly is so, so important. And what happens is if you don't do it upfront, you get into the negotiating, you get into all of the steps in the process, then you start getting emotionally invested in the deal. And then it's very easy. If you haven't done it in advance, you can just convince yourself. (laughs) Be like, you know what? It's fine. And so many new investors that we meet that have not really educated themselves in advance, they'll, when you ask them like, hey, what's your exit strategy? What's the after repair value of this property? You ask them all these questions about the predictable deal analysis and they don't know the answers. And this is when people end up with deals that they really shouldn't be in. Which brings me to the next mistake that investors make is not preparing and educating themselves enough. One of the biggest things that we notice with new investors is you think that because you have collected a lot of information through podcasts and books and just the amount of content that you've consumed, that is not the same as educating yourself. And so you feel very unprepared despite all the consumption when you go into a deal. Right. So if you've not prepared or not educated yourself on whatever strategy you're after, you know, bar is the best strategy. We're biased, but it's true. But if you've not prepared and you've not educated yourself enough, there are many more chances of you ending up with the wrong deal or not negotiating enough. And that's one of the other mistakes that we see a lot of investors. That's right. And it comes from. Uh, knowing you're doing a deal analysis in a consistent way for all your deals, mm-hmm. right? Not applying different standards to analyzing deals, having a consistent analysis. If it's a deal analysis spreadsheet or whatever you're using, you need to know how that spreadsheet works. Practice it many, many times. Make sure you get the right guidance when you're analyzing deals because sometimes you may be putting in numbers, but if the numbers are not the right assumptions, yeah. right? Because when it comes to deal analysis, it's a lot about assumptions and your assumptions need to be accurate. If they're not, then again, you can get into the wrong deal. And you, your assumptions have to be based on data. They're not just assumptions <laughs> that you pulled out of thin air, right? They have to be based on data. There is a way to come up with the right assumptions too, and that can impact your numbers. So yeah, prepare and educate yourself. The next one is always... And this is the part of educating yourself, right? Always have a contingency. Yeah, this is a big mistake that people make, right? Not putting in a contingency on your offer. So what we mean by that is when you're putting in an offer, a lot of times people put an offer and they say, we're going to close in two weeks and then, and that's it. Whereas what you should be doing is when you put an offer, make sure you have a contingency period in there, whether it's a week, whether it's 10 days, that allows you to do more due diligence on the property, right? To That gives you time to go deeper in that property, get your contractor in there. You know, if you have to get an inspection, do that to make sure you are- Line up your financing. Line up your financing. Yeah. Make sure that you do the due diligence of the property. And the due diligence period allows you to back out in case something, some surprise comes up yeah. during your due diligence period. In case your lender is like, you know what? I can't fund this deal. You have to be able to back out. Otherwise, you're going to be stuck in that deal. Yeah, so this is a big mistake that people make is not putting in a contingency in their offer. 
The next mistake that we see a lot of new investors make is, and actually I also see some seasoned investors make this mistake is not learning how to make quick decisions. We don't have to do this as employees on a daily basis. So we're not familiar with this. So don't beat yourself up if right now you're not able to make quick decisions, but understand that this is a skill that you will need to develop to be a great negotiator. So many deals are lost just because an investor took way too long to get back to the seller. They couldn't make a decision fast enough. And, you know, they did a, a data analysis on how many decisions a CEO makes in a day of a big co company. And the number was staggering. The higher up you're going to move, it's all about decision making, right? The more assets you gather, the bigger your business gets, you're going to execute less and less and your entire job is going to end up making the right decisions. So right now, if you're getting started, if you're within your first 50 doors, this is the time when you learn how to make fast decisions because you're prepping yourself to become a big investor right now. That's right. So many deals are lost this way, right? Yeah, of so not many. doing your financing in time or not moving quickly enough to put yeah. in the offer. So you want to make sure you want to track how long it takes from the time that you see the property, the deal comes to you to the time that you put an offer. If that time is like a week, that's too long, yeah. right? You need to shorten it because that's what good investors do. If a good deal comes along, they're ready to pounce. Yes. So we went through ego cost opportunity, not knowing your numbers, right? So know your numbers, not educating yourself, not having a contingency. We talked about not being able to make quick decisions. Number six is wanting perfection. People start thinking about real estate investing or any business for that matter as something that where if you do everything correctly, it should go a certain way. And things are not really always that perfect. And what you have to understand is this is a mistake because you may not have all the answers. And you still want to move forward with a deal if you know what the best and the worst case scenario is. You have to learn how to do risk analysis, even for the answers that you don't know. That's right. And at some point, you have to take that leap of faith, yes. right? You can go into analysis paralysis, uh, but if you educate yourself correctly, and if you have somebody guiding you, and if you're covering for all the risks, at some point, you still have to take that leap of faith. There's not going to be like a perfect point where you'd be like, oh, you, now I know everything that I need to know. Nobody knows everything there is need to, they need to know. <laughs> so don't wait until it's the perfect time or the perfect opportunity. It's kind of like having kids, right? Like you, if you expect perfection, you're in for a big surprise. <laughs> That's right. The next tip is the next mistake that a lot of new investors make is not managing their expectations. The thing that you have to understand is no one makes money when you're a real estate investor. No one that's helping you is making money until you close. Don't take it too far. Manage your expectations and get it to the closing table. Well, of course, do your numbers really well and understand what your range is. But as long as you're within the range, get it to the closing table. Don't expect too much out of it. Don't expect it to go a certain way. Be open to possibilities of things not working out exactly the way you wanted them to. 
and just be realistic about this journey. Yeah, and there's there'll be bumps in the road, right? And sometimes you may even lose some offers before you get into one, and that's okay. But knowing that you have to keep going and not give up, right? So don't be that rigid to say, okay, if I don't get this deal, I don't know if I can make this work. You'll, deals will come and go. You just have to keep at it. Absolutely. The next mistake that we see a lot of new investors make is not offering options to a seller. And this mistake and tip that comes after the mistake came from one of the members in our community. And she was telling us how the best negotiating that she's ever done on any of her deals is when she offers the seller an option. And she'll say something like, say you're during your due diligence period and you found out that the property needs more work than you originally intended. And maybe it needs all of the mechanicals need replacing. So she said, that the mistake I was making is I was just like, hey, you need to reduce the price or I'm walking. But instead, the tip here is for you to say, hey, we can either reduce the price further or if you're willing to fix X, Y, Z, then we will still do the deal at the same price. So always give your seller a couple of options that they can choose from. Yes. And uh, just to add to that, if you're going to go down the route of asking the seller to fix something, make sure you include a clause in there that says a third party is going to go make sure they fixed it correctly. Oh, right. So yeah. um, because you don't want them to say that it's fixed and then only to later realize that they did a shoddy job or they hired somebody who didn't know what they're doing. So Absolutely. it's important to have those options at your disposal that you can offer to the seller that makes them actually stay in the deal and not say that, oh, I'm not going to give you a price cut and just walk away. Okay. Next one is not really knowing what your specific seller wants. That's one of the other big mistakes we see people making. You're offering them something constantly and they're just not taking it. And then you see them when at the end of the day, you'll find out how much the property maybe got under contract for or sold for. And you'll say, well, I could have done that. That's because you didn't dig deeper, didn't ask the right questions on what they actually want, right? Yes. Yeah, and an example of that is, say a seller wants to sell really, really quickly. They don't want to wait a month to close the deal. They want to do it in, say, two weeks, right? They want to close on the property from the time you get it under contract. If you know that information, you can. they may be willing to negotiate on the price a little bit yes. more as long as that condition is met of being able to close in two weeks, yes. right? And so it's kind of knowing what the seller is looking for and then using it to your advantage to offer it to get a better price yeah. for the deal. Really understanding what they're looking for. And then the last one is expecting to negotiate on the price and the terms all at the same time. This is one of my biggest pet peeves. I think that if you are expecting that the seller is going to lower the price and then wait for your contingency due diligence period, renegotiate, and still wait 45, 60 days for you to get exactly all the terms that you wanted, you're making a big mistake. I mean, in some cases, you can have it all, right? But in most cases, if you focus on one of the two things, it makes your chances of negotiating a great deal much higher. So either focus on the terms, like, hey, I'm probably not going to be the highest bidder, but I can close in two days. Or focus on the offer, the purchase price and say, hey, listen, I need three weeks to close. And, and you know, it, this doesn't work the same 
we're in the commercial world, so people can close in two, three weeks. In the conventional world, it takes 45, 60 days to close. But when you say like, hey, I can close in two, three weeks, but I'm going to give you a few thousand dollars more than what you expected you were going to get. When you start negotiating on one versus the other, it works much better. So yeah, so those are the 10 mistakes that we see new investors make when negotiating a real estate deal and some ways to avoid making those mistakes. Great. And let us know what uh, was most helpful to you in terms of the mistakes that people make and what you're not going to make going forward. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye now. Don't forget, when you're ready to get serious, you can join us at theinvestoraccelerator.com. It's like getting a thousand episodes worth of information in five days, and it's everything you need to build your actionable plan to financial freedom and making work optional.